Hello everybody, it is me, Angel Montenegro, and welcome to the Absolutely Angel podcast. Yes, you guys, it's been a while. Life has just been throwing obstacle and obstacle and obstacle my way. So, what a way to ring in the new year, but you know what? I've been handling it and taking it one by one because that's, you know, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. But I'm so excited and just I feel at peace finally because I'm finally able to sit down and record an episode and really stay committed to something that I want to be committed to which brings me to this episode OMG it's finally happening took me long enough and you know as I said there was a lot of like obstacles going a lot of things happening in my life right now it does bring me to like a very I guess you could say like pivotal point not pivotal like milestone or whatever it's called but point is i've been in i've been living in argentina the capital of the city of buenos aires in the country of argentina for six months to be exact now in the month of january i got here i got here july 2022 and right now it's january 2023 so that's six months y'all and i really wanted to talk about it because i feel like it's something you know relevant to what's happening to me right now and I really just want to you know sit down and reflect and I find it necessary to do that you know and to be honest there's no way I've been in Argentina for six months and haven't learned one thing you know so I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to really sit down and gather my thoughts and take a look at what has happened take a look at what I've learned and share that with everybody on here that way, I don't know, maybe y'all could take some advice. Who knows? And if not, maybe you just want to hear me talk. That's fine. But here we are. So, a little context before I share these, you know, Argentinian philosophies of mine. I am a third-year college student. And I essentially just decided that I needed to escape the U.S. immediately. <laughs> which is why I wanted to do, like, an abroad trip for you know, during college or just in life. I, they say study abroad, but I'm not here to study. I'm here to just live abroad. That's really what it's about. I mean, of course, I go to my classes and I'm still a good, studious student, but that's not what I'm focused on. But, and so yeah, I'm finally here. And of course, a lot happened in order for me to get here. There was a lot of like, you know, the application process that took months and months on end. And it was a whole thing. And I'll probably say that for another day, another episode. But, yeah, I arrived here exactly on July 2nd, 2022. That's when I arrived to Argentina. And it was the winter season here, which was confusing for me. Or not confusing, it was the opposite for for me because in California, it was summer, July. Duh, hello. Um, So it was really cool to see them come here and it's the complete opposite weather. And... Yeah, and I'll be going back home July 2nd, 2023 of this year. Oh, no, it's this year. So, yeah, exactly one whole year. And, you know, I just really needed to get out of the U.S. I feel like this was at that time in my life, at this time in my life, this is the only thing that would have worked for me, if that makes sense. This is what I just knew this needed to happen. And I knew this was needed to be a part of my storyline of just my life story and I just knew this was supposed to happen and y'all here it is six months into it I cannot believe it 
I cannot believe it. So let me just get straight to the point as to, you know, everything that I've taken from this trip. And as for the six things, six months in Argentina, the six things I've learned. So I wanted, I just want to get to that. Number one, you don't need to take hella classes to learn a language. I repeat, y'all, you do not need to take hella classes to learn a language. It's just, that is just such a common misbelief within people that, oh, if you want to become fluent in language, if you want to speak it really well, you need to learn it in a classroom. You need to take spend thousands or hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of dollars on classes, private tutors, and all that. And all, although that does help, that is a method to learn a language, that is not the only method. And in my opinion, I don't think it's the most effective method at all. It's not. And I say this because on this trip, there's many, many students who have learned Spanish in a classroom. They have years and years and semesters of taking Spanish classes, and I don't. I've never taken a Spanish class, but they have years on it. And if I'm keeping it real, y'all, they still can't speak it. They can speak it in a classroom. They are very, very smart when it comes to Spanish in a classroom. They can speak it. They understand it. They can, you know, tell you what the form is in Spanish, the structure of the sentence, because that's what they teach you in those classes. And But can they, in the outside world, when we're here in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, walking around, meeting people, they can't really speak it. They don't really understand. They can't really have these real-life conversations. And when they do, you can tell that they just sound... It sounds very formal and proper, and the reality is that nobody speaks like that. That's what it's going to teach you. Those classes are teaching you ways, or they can teach you ways of a language that aren't real. That's not how real people talk. And that just brings me back to my point of you don't need to take hella classes to learn a language. And I've taken zero courses in Spanish, and I'm nearing fluent level. And it literally, all it is, you guys, and I'm being so honest... All it is, is just forcing yourself to speak it all day, every day. With whatever little knowledge that you have, just keep forcing yourself to speak it all day, every day, in every way possible. What really helped me was that my friends that I once spoke English to, well, I began to only communicate with them in Spanish. And, you know, they didn't take it serious in the beginning, but after a while, they all got over it, and we all got over it. And we all just start talking to each other in Spanish all day, every day. And it just becomes the norm. And, you know, once you do it after a while, you're going to sound silly. But you really, you get over yourself. You get over yourself. And as long as you're speaking as much as you can, you're just going to improve. It's literally only, it's only up from there, you guys. There's no way you're going to keep speaking it all day, every day and get worse. That's not how it works. It's like literally not how it works. And don't get me wrong, you know. I know speaking it can be hard and it can be intimidating because, you know, every now and then you're going to sound dumb as fuck. You're going to sound stupid and, you know, oh, I care people think. I don't want them to hear me pronounce it wrong. <sighs> who cares? Like, literally, who cares? Because I had that same mindset when I first got here. I was really nervous to speak Spanish and especially in front of people, in front of a classroom. And now that I've literally given presentations in Spanish, solo presentations in Spanish, and, you know, have to communicate with people who only know how to speak Spanish, you literally get over that whole, you know, comfort zone of, like, wanting to, too scared to sound wrong. 
And so just shoot yourself in the foot and sound dumb every now and then. You'll thank yourself later. Because trust me, if you keep being scared to sound dumb, you're never going to learn it. Because trust me, you're going to sound dumb every now and then. There's been a million times where I'm sure people who are fluent in Spanish looked at me and were like, what is he saying? Because I probably sounded crazy. But that's fine. Who cares? In the long run, you guys, it doesn't matter. And we all know that. But yeah. So that brings me on to number two. On to the next is that living abroad forces you to live in the present. And, you know, back home, I feel like I was always trying to teach myself and find methods. And um, especially as, I, as I've been on this spiritual journey, I've really tried to trying to become or was trying to become no still trying i mean there's so many ways i can grow and work on it and that was becoming more present living in the moment and not being hella caught up on tomorrow on what's to come in two weeks or in the past thinking about the past and dwelling over the past and literally just taking your days one by one and literally worrying about what do you have to do today what can I do today that's going to set me up for success? What do I need to think about today? And literally worrying about today and today only. Worrying about the present and what you're doing right here, right now. And, you know, being abroad literally forces you to explore the new environment around you. And it essentially keeps you on your feet. And, you know, for me, I'm constantly observing and appreciating the surroundings around me. You know, just even the people, seeing the people outside, they're different um, compared to, you know, where I am back home. And you're constantly just observing and just noticing things and just being present because it's all so unfamiliar, your surroundings. So it just really leaves you with no option but to be in the present, which was great for me because I was doing all these methods back home and... And, you know, meditations to become more present. And, you know, I feel like I got to a certain point where it kind of helped, but it, it wasn't to the level that I wanted it to compared to, like, where I'm at right now. Um, you know, it leaves you with no option but to be in the present and just, you know, appreciate the little things and really be, you know, go about your day with intention. And that's all we want. So on to number three. And that is moving in silence, y'all. Moving in silence is so worth it. It is so, 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 so worth it. And, you know, it's natural for us as humans, you know, when we're working towards something or doing something or, you know, in the works of something, it's, we, it's habit for us to want to announce it to everybody we know, to all our closest people, too our big group of friends or people that we consider friends but aren't really friends or putting on Instagram or just telling every fucking person that we know, telling them what we're doing. And because, I mean, this just gives us immediate satisfaction when we tell people that. We feel good when we tell people that. We want to feel good. And it just really satisfies us immediately. But, 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 y'all, there's always a but. The reality is that not everybody's always rooting for you. They're not. Not all people want to see you win. And these are the types of people that will throw this energy at you. They will direct this energy at you. 
and it will dis it can like distract you from the bigger picture here and this kind of energy you don't want that in your life that's nasty energy i'm someone i personally don't trust many many people's energies y'all this argentina trip prior when it was like the week before i was leaving i'm telling you it was like a handful of people that knew who i was that knew i was leaving literally a handful how many friends did i tell actual friends i told three in total three in total but i have and i have a really big group of friends i know a lot of different people like we all do we all know a lot of different people i didn't tell literally nobody nobody really knew that i was leaving until i actually left and that brings me to my next point is that the reveal is so much more satisfying once you've actually achieved it and you have something to show for which is why i say moving in silence is so worth it because once you actually achieve or do what you're saying what you were planning on doing and once you actually have that to show for it and you know you do this reveal or whatever grand reveal you start telling people it's so satisfying and you feel more proud of yourself because you realize you didn't need to tell everybody you didn't need to you know you realize that you didn't need to tell everybody you didn't need to you know get satisfaction by telling other people um because that just really does nothing for anybody and then plot twist the whole time you're telling all these people they don't even want you to be doing what you're doing they're not rooting for you and now you have that energy in your life no thank you no thank you so that was uh, the third thing that i learned as for the fourth thing that i learned or that argentina has taught me is that argentinians have a tendency to ghost people <laughs> and i mean it's sounds how it is it's really just that i mean you just have to really i learned to just not take it personally and i've learned that they just do it to everyone argentinians they ghost everybody and you know, I've been the victim to this ghosting for about eight times already, and each time was more confusing than the last. And you just have to learn not to take it personal. And this is just, I guess it's in their nature. I'm not here to dissect them. Um, but I just, from what I see, they don't really seem to care to explain themselves, so they just cut the cord. Um, but the crazy part for me is that, you know, you really think that you both are getting along having a good time and this is just like as friends or relationship was whatever y'all think you really get along y'all think you're having a great time you know good being good friends hung out a couple times um like we should be cool i thought we were cool but clearly not because <laughs> it ends abruptly with no response or goodbyes and yeah that's where it ends but you know they'll still follow you on all social medias and <laughs> they still like all your Instagram stories, though, um, <laughs> which I found very interesting. And I still find it very interesting that, you know, these same people that just Argentina is that ghost of me after a couple of times we hung out, they still go out of their way to like all my Instagram stories. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, just actually beginning to cut me off, like delete me from your life at that point. Um, follow me on everything. Block me at least um but yeah i don't know i thought it was funny and you know i have i still have six more six more months here i imagine i'll get ghosted again um whether it's a friend whatever and i'll be okay i won't take it personal because i know how they move and it's fine it's fine 
So now on to number five, you guys. And it is that there is no right way to live. There's no right way to live. And, you know, lifestyle in the U.S. is not the standard, nor is, nor is it the correct way to live. Or I should say, I can't generalize the U.S. as a whole. I've only, literally only lived in California. But lifestyle in your hometown, at least, is not the standard or the correct way to live. It's not the only way. And I guess this was just like taught to me growing up that, you know, the way we do things where we're from, that's just how it's supposed to be and that's how it is. And to me, it's like a very, or at least in the U.S., people are always like, oh no, the way we do things in the U.S. is like the standard. And to me, it's just a very egotistical perspective to have that just automatically assumes that we are the standard, we are the best, people should be doing what we're doing. When in reality, there's literally no right or wrong way to live life. Um, it's really just that simple. There's nothing really too deep about that. Uh, for example, you know, in the, in the U.S. or any U.S. city, you essentially need a car to have to get anywhere. I mean, of course, you don't need one. Of course, there's public transportation, but in most cities, it's really not that great. Their cities are not that walkable, um, you know. But many people enjoy that. Many people in the U.S. enjoy that, and they enjoy that type of life, which is great. But it does not mean that's how life we're living is supposed to look like or always needs to look like. Um, you know, back home, for example, if I wanted to do absolutely anything or go anywhere, I had to hop in my car and drive. Like, if I literally just wanted an ice cream or if I wanted to go get a haircut or go to the gym or I wanted a, I don't know, I want to go buy three peaches. Like, I had to get in my car, and I couldn't stand that. And I just thought, you know, that's just how life is. Once you become an adult, you just have to drive everywhere you need to. Absolutely not. Y'all, literally here in Buenos Aires, I can't even remember the last time I was in a car because the city is built so that people can walk anywhere to really any side of the city or take public transportation to any corner of the city because the public transportation here is... 10 times better to where I'm from. I'm from the Bay Area. And we have public transportation, but it's not that great. There's really not that many lines. When I was back home, I thought there was. I thought we had a great transportation system. But once I came to Buenos Aires and it was way bigger, way more stations, way more bus lines, I was like, oh my goodness, I've been living like a crazy person back home. But, you know, it's just like, there's no right way to live. And I personally, I enjoy this city more in terms of you know walkability and i enjoy that a lot more than having to drive and that's completely okay it's okay and i will find a city that's to my liking i will i will i'm gonna trust the process y'all it's gonna happen now on to the last thing that i've learned or the last thing that these six months have taught me and that is that racial or ethnic identity in the u.s is really only understood within the u.s within the people of the U of the u.s and back home i growing up i've always identified as mexican people i just identify as mexican my family's from mexico um i went to predominantly mexican school all our everyone in my grade you know all our families were from mexico or if not their family was from el salvador guatemala um latin america and we all identify as the country where our family's from 
And, you know, even when you're meeting people or like, oh, like, what are you? People always ask, oh, what are you growing up? They was like, oh, what are you, a Mexican? Or if someone, oh, her parents were from Guatemala, she'd say, oh, I'm Guatemalan. Um, or even just the identity of having Mexican-American, you know, just that title in a whole, associating yourself with the country of, you know, your family's origin. Um, I thought that was just how things were. You know, I thought we just, you know, friends growing up, you know, we identify from, our families are from Mexico, like I said, Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador. We identify with those countries, cultures, and, you know, we're proud to represent them. What I realized is that it's really just a common understanding within the U.S. to call someone with parents from Mexico Mexican. Um, because outside of the U.S., since being here, people will literally get a kick out of it. They will laugh. If I ever identify or try to associate myself with Mexico and its culture, they literally think it's hilarious and they don't take it serious at all. Although my whole family is from Mexico and I grew up with the culture, spoke Spanish, all that. I understand the culture. I understand the country and the culture very well. Um, you know, I grew up in a predominantly Mexican neighborhood. I really feel that I grew up around, I, obviously I didn't grow up in Mexico, but to them, none of that matters solely because of the fact that I was born in the U.S. So when I spoke to other Americans, they also said they were experiencing the same thing, whether their family was from Mexico, Colombia, Palestine, Vietnam, whatever, etc. None of that mattered to the people outside of the U.S., the people here. It didn't matter to them because we were all just Americans with no association to any other country. And... You know, it was interesting to see that. And there were many times where I found myself feeling very, very frustrated or feeling like I needed to prove myself. Uh, but then I quickly, quickly realized that that was useless. <laughs> and first of all, unnecessary. And no matter what, at the end of the day, they're always just going to associate you with the country you were born in. And that's it. Period. Done. And a story. So to them, it just doesn't matter where your family's from. It really doesn't. Um... So it's really just necessary to be confident in who you are and what you're about. That's going to save you a lot of peace. And now that I am, it saved me a lot of peace. And I don't feel the need to, like, be hella pressed to be like, no, I am Mexican. My family is from Mexico. Like, ugh. Like, anyways, like, that's not necessary. But, yeah, it's really essential to be confident in who you are. And... Yeah, I guess that just brings me to the end of this. I guess for some final thoughts, I feel like these six lessons are really just the peak of the iceberg, of course, y'all. I mean, let's be real. I can't share all of my life lessons into this podcast episode, but I will say that living abroad definitely, definitely teaches you life lessons that change you in ways that probably weren't possible if you just stay home or stay in the same area forever or don't decide to do abroad for whatever reason. And when I say abroad, yeah, abroad doesn't mean that you need to, for me, move across the fucking world. You don't need to do that. And abroad could be, you know, just essentially just getting out of where you're from, um, really seeing what's out there, what's different, really taking yourself out of that comfort zone. And yeah, so with six months left here in Argentina, I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident that there will be a lot more teachings along the way and hopefully I receive all of them hopefully I am you know at this like mind space to 
learn from all of them. And I will most definitely be making another one of these episodes once I hit the one-year mark in July, oh, aka the day I leave Argentina and cry and go back to the simulation of the U.S. But, you know, I'm really am excited to see what's to come. And I'm really excited to take these life lessons with me and take them for take them with me forever and I'll take them with me wherever I go. And I feel like that's what life is all about. That's what it's all about, y'all. It's all about sitting down, reflecting, and that's what we did today. And I'm really, really glad that I finally got to record this episode and that things are finally settling. All the smoke and fire is starting to come to an end. Things are calming down. And yeah, to really upkeep this podcast. And I mean, I, I, I know there's not a big audience out there right now, but that's fine. I'm going to just keep talking like there's a thousand people listening to me. That is completely fine, but... You guys have listened to me for long enough. I'm going to release y'all of the shackles of this episode. And yeah, I really hope you all have an amazing day. Rest of your day. Night, morning, wherever you're listening to this. Um, please enjoy the rest of your day. Move forward with the rest of your day with love for others. And not only for others, but for yourself. And move through the day with positivity. And all that good stuff. I know it sounds corny, but it's really all that good stuff, y'all. It really does add change and add impact to your life. So, and I'm no life coach. I'm your official, your unofficial life coach, but. <laughs> so thank you again for joining me on another, another episode. And I hope to see you all on the next one. Bye, y'all.